Hi, I'm Jen. And I'm Kai, and we're both boy mums navigating the tween and teenage years, discussing nutrition, exercise, midlife, lifestyle, and more. And this is the Midlife Munching and Movement Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Midlife Munching and Movement Podcast. This week we will be talking about underfueling in amateur sports or amateur athletics. Um, and this is a topic that Jen and I really wanted to touch on in this series of the podcast because we've both worked with lots of people who have taken on incredible feats of athleticism, people doing this alongside full-time jobs, etc. Um, and we've also got friends who do the same thing. Um, and we thought it was really important to highlight um, the consequences of underfueling. Um, for females who are taking part in amateur athletics in whichever way is like supportive of them um, or whichever field I should say they are choosing to partake in be that running swimming crossfit um, cycling you name it we we've come across women doing all kinds of incredible things with their body but it is really really crucial to remember to promote proper nutrition whilst you are taking on these feats of endurance Um, and so we thought we would have a chat about that today talk about some of the things that we've observed um, in our personal and professional lives um, and help to see if we can support this group of women whilst they take on the world so hi Jen hi Kyra how are you I'm good thanks are you yeah I'm good excellent so let's get started then. So when we're thinking about underfueling in this particular genre, genre, is that the right word? Population. Yeah? I'm yeah, good at population. Yeah, population. Yeah. 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 In this particular population. Um I think maybe we should think about first why do women underfuel when they are trying to train for half marathon, a marathon? a long distance bike ride, a triathlon, a CrossFit event. Why why do we think that some women underfuel during those times? Um I think ultimately it's from from what I see, it's one of two things. Either it's very unintentional because they don't understand the extra calorific needs that the body actually needs in order to do these events particularly endurance sports um but also the obvious weight loss yeah so a lot of people will come with the goal that they're they're going to do a big race it's going to help them lose weight and that's where it starts because yeah. again a lack of understanding that it's not conducive to do these kinds of things and want to lose weight at the same time. They're two different subjects to concentrate on at different times. Independently. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, It is a fascinating topic because 
Um, I can say from my own past history that when I decided years and years ago to get fitter, to lose weight, you know, I started by my document I've documented my history of running quite a lot online um, and I, I had a love-hate relationship with it for many years started and stopped started and stopped etc but in the, the final time that I did it and I started to really take running seriously I, I can honestly with hand on heart say I was doing it to get fitter and to lose weight all at the same time so mm-hmm. it, I completely understand where that comes from and in hindsight I perhaps would now, knowing what I know now, do it very differently. I would look like be more gentle on my body. I would lose the weight first. I would build up in a more progressive way with the running. Um, but at the time, I did exactly what we're going to be talking about now, which is go full head first into a plan that I believed would be right for me, getting information from the internet, largely, mm-hmm. um, getting misinformation from the internet, um and trying to do my own research and I think I think it's fair to say that I'm quite a well-read person even before Mm -hmm. my education and so I would honestly believe that I probably had done quite a lot of research and knew what I was talking about and in hindsight knew absolutely nothing and now I think the more I know the less I know (laughs) which is just typical isn't it um but it's kind of one of those situations where I think I see women doing this all the time. And I, I really, it's one, it's one thing I quite enjoy doing as a coach is helping them not make the mistakes that I made um, by yeah. the feeling in those early days. I think it's really interesting the way you said lose weight, get fit, as if those two things are interlinked. And that having a smaller body makes you fitter. Mm. Like it, yeah, I think, and I th- that's a, a whole other subject and, and another big one, but it's, that's, I think it always goes back to that's that underlying societal look at things of how yeah. we've been conditioned to see things because ultimately this is what we're getting wrong mm. in the, we think let's live in a smaller body and we're going to be fit and healthy when often it's the behavior around it that is the very thing that's making us unhealthy yeah making us less fit yeah yeah Yeah. exactly and and depleting everything about us yeah 100% I love that you just pulled that out because like like I said now as you know more as you learn more you realize all the things you didn't know before and you know fitness does not look a certain way no athletes have bodies of all different shapes and sizes um Mm. and I you know that's something that I think a lot of people like they have that wrong belief don't they and we could do another whole podcast I think on just that topic Um, and the amount of comments I hear about people who say oh such and such a person is really fit aren't they and the Mm -hmm. only basis they have for that comment is what that person looks like they've never trained with Mm -hmm. that person no don't know what they do on a day-to-day basis they don't know how they eat they don't know what they drink but they will comment that person is really fit just because maybe that they've got abs or they're in a smaller body 
and they make that mm. assumption and that's a really good point to pull out from what I just said there so we won't go off on a tangent on this occasion <laughs> we could easily get stuck down that road um so we'll go we'll come back to underfueling in um in amateur athletics so when typically when someone is training let's let's use a marathon for example because it's probably the thing I'm the most familiar with um when someone is training for a marathon for example and they're underfueling what would be the common symptoms that they might experience that might indicate that they are underfueling um I'm I'm gonna go for it for like less obvious and moderate um, symptoms because I have had women say oh I didn't realize how bad it was until I fainted right and that's extreme (laughs) at that point that's that's extreme but they're also for me that's a warning sign because you would have known but you wouldn't associate it with or you are possibly ignoring it because you want to get a certain result whether that's a time or a certain goal weight or anything so I would say um constant hunger fatigue Mm. and low energy um being irritable anxious low mood um intense cravings of food Mm. so like or you're constantly focusing on food like when you're going to next eat what because it's often that you eat such small meals often that you perhaps think that you are getting enough but actually you're just not because you're trying to keep it so low that you have to eat more yeah um trouble sleeping hunger pangs um cramps weakness particularly a lack of recovery Mm. um and then a really common but overlooked one I would say is like your GI issues because you just would associate it with perhaps time of the month or it's something that you have eaten and not agreed with you wouldn't necessarily associate it with under fueling yeah you just be like you know yeah I've got an upset stomach the gel yeah I'll, I'll yeah say this, for anyone listening who doesn't take part in amateur athletics um people generally use a gel in a tube don't they when to fuel mm. throughout a race and they are quite linked with gastric upset because they're <sighs> essentially they're just glucose in a tube flavored mm. glucose in a tube that you squirt in to give yourself a boost of energy whilst you are um, whilst you are competing and they are quite known with gastric issues however that should only be kind of limited to that time when you're using them not prolonged afterwards which like you've said there might be a less obvious sign mm. of underfueling. um yeah so it, there's a lot of consequences as well I think to underfueling in in this population and it can in some circumstances lead to a range of health issues which again if you are a midlife woman and you are taking on your first marathon etc you might again not think this is to do with underfueling. you might think this is your age or mm. perimenopause but we get menstrual disturbances um if we yeah. consistently underfuel, um and it can lead to um condition called um, amenorrhea where you have absence of your period 
um, due to a change in your hormones. So you can imbalance your hormones by not fueling um, adequately whilst training for these types of events. Um, and that that's actually like really serious, but you it could be missed you know, you could miss it if you are midlife and training for your first, your first event and think, oh, well, yeah, you know, maybe this is the beginning this is of, it. yeah, the beginning yeah. of the menopause for me, but actually it could be something else. Yeah. I think that's something it, that would probably be quite common. Yeah. That's a really good point. I think to, to say, because like you say at that age, mm it's it's a is this the start of it yeah I think with a, with a lot of the things that you can experience with underfueling, you mm. could question or is that because I didn't sleep well last night because I had a hot flush yeah or am I low and irritable because this is the middle of my normal cycle but now my cycles are changing so yeah that, that's really important to to bring up yeah, you can definitely kind of attribute some of these changes to perimenopausal symptoms without realising that in the pursuit of fat loss alongside achieving um, that your race time or whatever aesthetic mm. it is that you're going after, um, actually you've, you've caused an, an imbalance of your, your hormones. Um, another, I think another thing as well that's worth mentioning here is that it's really important, and I think we've talked about it before, your bone health is really, really important. Um, and underfueling can really put your bone health at risk. Um, and it can lead long-term, if you do this over a really long period of time, to conditions like osteoporosis and osteopenia. And that's because we need certain um vitamins and minerals and nutrients in order to maintain our bone mass so another uh, we talk we talked about previously in other podcasts haven't we how exercise can be so beneficial in helping us build our bone mass and helping yeah. protective um results against these sorts of conditions but actually if you're doing it and under fueling yeah yeah run adverse it. effects yeah yeah and i think um there's lot there's so many myths as well isn't there we always talk about myths one of them is training fasted yeah 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 and that yeah train, if you train fasted you get more <laughs> fat burn yeah this is a good one yeah so yeah. I think you know there would be there can be for some people a tendency to train fasted particularly if they've identified a nauseous feeling whilst training yeah yeah and I think it's it's important to point out as well depends on what training you're doing mm. so for instance if you are getting up and going for a longer run in the morning you, if you're doing that fasted after sleeping when you're already dehydrated mm. and probably I haven't eaten since at least eight o'clock the the previous night like that's to do something endurance where your the muscle fibers that you're using are needed for longer is going to have more of an adverse effect than say going to do half an hour on the treadmill like realistically yeah. if that felt okay to do it's not necessarily what I would do 
but you would it would be better and in the same like I have trained like weights in the morning fasted just for the pure reason that I haven't felt hungry when I've woken up Mm. um and it's not something that I do regularly but certainly I wouldn't go for a big long run yeah and and not eat something because again there's that whole but I'm training on my fat system so I'm going to burn more I'm going to lose weight and it goes it just goes back to that the way that the muscles work and the way that you need them to work while you are running and doing those long distance thing it can't be about losing the weight it needs to be about building their endurance and the way that they do that is to use the oxygen yeah which you know you need to eat for yeah so we need and for that we need carbohydrate yeah but and and i think it goes back to that especially this is this is what i find really ironic because you often start these things to lose weight Mm. um so you eat less carbs because that's what you know we've been told as women helps us lose weight but that's the one thing that you need yeah is to eat the carbs to fuel the system to work in the most effective way for your body to do what it needs to do mm-hmm. and it it's so contradictory yeah. to everything it's almost setting you up for failure mm-hmm. and i think from my point of view as a a coach this is what lets women down and it is so hard to help them understand that you have to eat the carbs to get the result that you want and you can't lose weight at the same time like that's such an incredibly difficult challenge that you're setting yourself to do that you're almost saying to yourself I don't want to succeed yeah but at the same time, we have been told in all I get, like in the postnatal sector, what most women will do when they are ready or not as ready they'll the, to lose weight, to lose their baby weight, they'll, they'll go and learn to couch to 5K. Yeah. And helping them to understand well you can do your couch to 5k if you want like that's fine I'll support you in doing that and there are many reasons why it is good for you but in order to lose weight it's not the method that I would say is going to be helpful Mm. because you're gonna I mean I know 5k is very different to a marathon but yeah yeah still it's that mindset yeah yeah it's you will still get a slight increase in your um, metabolism your hunger hormone sorry um if you add running or cardio into your lifestyle is that what you're trying to say yeah 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 um yeah absolutely um and like don't misunderstand what jen and i are saying in that instance it's not don't do it don't don't do couch to 5k if you're trying to get fit no yeah it's just it's thinking it is the answer to the to all of your problems all at once is probably a little bit yeah and we've made you know Jen's helped lots of women through that um and I've done it personally as well as helped lots of women through that as well um and it's about understanding how 
to fuel around it almost. So couch to 5K is not going to be massively um, exhausting. Um, mm. But you will need probably need to be prepared to feel a little bit more hungry after your training. Hunger, yeah, yeah. And it's really important to repair your muscles with, so there's a lot of talk about protein because protein is obviously really beneficial in helping to build muscle. But what is often overlooked is that when you have done sport any in any form, you also need to have carbohydrate in also, in also to prove, I can't, I'm losing my words this week, Jen. <laughs> it's normally you. I'm having also the effect. <laughs> with, the, um, with the muscle repair. There you go. We got there in the end. So I think, and I think that's massively overlooked, don't you? Is that people. Yeah. Like forget, they work together. Yeah. That they work hand in yeah. hand to help you repair your muscle after yeah. an but, event. But again, it's just that carbs are evil. Yeah. So it, it so when you say to somebody, you need to just refuel constantly. It it's like, well, I haven't got any protein. Mm-hmm. Okay, so have some carbs and eat some protein later. Yeah. Like the just the eat. first thing. Yeah, the first thing is just to get some energy back into you because I think that's what that's what we're missing is that again we're thinking of carbs as as, as our fuel as just mm-hmm. macros rather than as energy. So going back to, I think it was last week when we spoke about the first energy system that your body will use will be the carbs. Yeah, That's the one that your body prefers. So then give your body what it needs, give it what it deserves. Yeah. And I think, do you think it's important to explain that when you do an endurance sport, your, so your body has a store of carbohydrate we call it glycogen it's stored in the muscles it's stored in the liver Mm -hmm. and it's there for a reason it's there for emergencies for when we run out of fuel Um, and so when you do endurance sports your body will use those reserves so it will deplete the stores of glycogen convert it to glucose so converts it to sugar and then it's used for energy to help you power through the run swim etc So if you've depleted everything, of course, at the end of that run, you need to replace it. Yeah, which would go back to the, if you're doing something fasted, why you would use the fat stores first, because you already have no um, carbs to pull the, the, the energy straight away. So you'll start using your reserves quicker. Absolutely. Yeah. And you'll use that first before you switch to fat. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. So that is an important point to make. I also think that um, whilst you're on that topic, that it's worth mentioning that there is science to prove that there is some benefit to fasted training and that that's not, we're not saying that there's no benefit to it. However, it's like once or twice a week. Yeah, it's not it's not a consistent thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, it's and again, very goal orientated. Absolutely. And it's a performance linked goal, isn't it? Yeah. That? It's linked to yeah. lactate thresholds. And in amateur in in amateur athletes, we, we really don't need to be worrying no that level we don't need to get there no. about um about whether we're increasing our lactate thresholds etc um so yeah so 
by all means, your smaller, shorter, less intense training sessions, if you want to do those fasted, there's, you know, possibly performance benefits to it, um, but not for your longer sessions, more intense sessions. And and then moving on from that, what what would you say were some of the other kind of training mistakes that you've seen people making when they're kind of in like the fueling mistakes that they would make? It's where to start, isn't it really? Because I think often they're not intentional. Mm. So it's a lot of, well, I saw this on the internet. Yeah. Um, And it, it can be as simple as when they're fueling. So they perhaps, I mean, we've just spoke about not eating before they're training. It might be when they're on those longer runs. Mm. So is it about 75 to 90 minutes? You should have some form of energy going into your body. I've seen a lot of people, well, yeah, it was a long run, but I just wanted to get through it. Mm. Um, So there's not that that refuel because they want to push their boundaries and, you know, see if they can make it a little bit further or a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, Which I think when you look at team sports, (laughs) like they're always having a little refuel. Yeah. It's 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 important. Yeah. What about you? Well, I think that for me, the biggest one is focusing on fat loss Mm -hmm. and forgetting about performance. Mm. Do you think that's because you go into it not really thinking about it being a performance? Yeah. About it, like if you've, I think it depends why you're doing it, doesn't it? Like from a lot of the, the women that I get come in, the, the main focus is weight loss. So they're yeah. not thinking about it as performance. Whereas I think if you're a little bit more of a focused athlete and, and you, or you've done it previously and you're building upon your experience, then it is all about the performance yeah. So much so that perhaps they underfuel because they're so focused on that time or that certain weight criteria because they go faster if they're lighter. Yeah. But sorry, I just cut you off. So no, no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> on their performance. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, that's really true. Is that once you get to that level where performance is your only goal, then things like being lighter you know would cross your mind um and then mm. you can get into disordered eating patterns from from there on some people have been known to fall into that trap because they you know they're so focused on hitting a certain time um and being a certain body weight in order to achieve that time that they they underfuel um but i think that like you said that's kind of yes that's still an am- that does still exist in amateur sports and athletics i'm really tired this week <laughs> um, it's been a long week for well, me and Jen, can you tell? um so yeah it's been um it's been a long one i'm not fueled enough no i'm joking i definitely have um so i think that what 
what I see more commonly is that they focus so much on the fat loss side of it. They get to race day. They have an idea Mm -hmm. in their head of a time that they want to achieve or that they think is credible, et cetera. Or just even, Mm -hmm. even in the people who just want to cross the finish line and they, they don't feel well enough for it. And as a result of that, it is horrible. It's either a horrible experience, it's really painful, they completely exhaust themselves, um, they pick up an injury and Mm -hmm. afterwards feel really down in the dumps and berate themselves for being slow or Mm -hmm. giving the performance that they wanted to give because they were still right up to race day focusing on not eating enough calories in order to Mm. give their body every single opportunity to have the best day possible on race day. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I see people making. And you see it a lot on, particularly in running, you see people really, really struggling. And yeah, sometimes I'm sure that will be under training, but other times I'm convinced, you can see that colour, the blood sugars have dropped you know, yeah. you can see the colour has completely evaporated from people. You they they look nauseous, and they're really really struggling. They've hit the wall way earlier than they anticipated, and it's generally because of a fueling issue. Um, and I've tried, and also it's really important why you should probably ask for some help with fueling and not just join forums and. Because the problem with joining forums is they're great, by the way. I love them. I'm in loads of them, right? And there's loads of great positive stuff going on in there. But my toes curl up when people ask questions about fueling because you Mm -hmm. will invariably get hundreds of comments with hundreds of people who did something different. Mm -hmm. And they are all convinced. And it worked for them. So they think it's going to work. For, for others yeah and I think that is really important to say because what you can never give or find on the internet is tailored nutrition advice for your body and your lifestyle because I think often what happens again very unintentionally is that people will underfuel because they forget that they have to include their normal daily life Mm. within their calorie need for their new training style yes so they'll just go well I'm gonna run this marathon I'm saying that now because I'm guessing we're talking about marathons (laughs) (laughs) um I'm, I'm gonna run this marathon and so this is what I plan to do here's my training plan so I'm going to eat x amount of calories more Mm. and then they'll forget like particularly women we invariably have very active life styles without necessarily thinking about it if we're in that mid-age where we are working full-time we're looking after our children and or partners we're possibly looking after parents mm-hmm. we've got running around for our for ourselves as well as mm-hmm. everybody else and if you're not sleeping well mm-hmm. that will have an effect and then you add the training on top of it and you almost become so focused on that training that you forget any kind of other self-care 
<laughs> which would include your food. That was a not knowing giggle from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think um, as well, there's a massive focus on, and we've talked about carbohydrate several times in this um, conversation. There is a massive focus on making sure that you are fueling at all the right points during your race to make sure that you get to the end of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I did this for years and kept it in the wall and not understanding why we're not hitting the wall. And it was salt. Now mm-hmm. I was using hydration drinks. I was using um, gels, um, et cetera. And just kept thinking, what is it? What is it that's missing? And it was salt. And that's because personally, I'm a very sweaty person. So I lose a lot of salt. Um, you can see yeah. it dried on my skin at the end of any race. Um, and, it, uh, you know, even with all my knowledge, I, it hadn't occurred to me that that what was in the drinks I was buying that should contain everything that I need was still not enough for me as an individual. Yeah. So that if you go on that, then why do you think that when we look at training mm. and the things that the body needs, why do you think everyone is all about the glucose I th- and I just, there isn't a consideration about other minerals yeah there there absolutely is and lots of people include an electrolyte drink and mm-hmm. if you go to any kind of um, expo for any endurance event um, or any sport you will see electrolytes there you will see all the salts um, etc mm-hmm. so it is a consideration however my point is that Sometimes you buy a a product that promises to have everything that you need to carry out Mm. a certain task, but you are, you might be different. You might sweat more than other people. You might sweat less than other people. You might need less than is in that product. So that's, that's a really important thing though, isn't it? Because you, uh, with somebody with all of your knowledge and you would still like and you knew that you were a salty sweater a salty (laughs) sweater yeah a sweaty (laughs) sweaty. (laughs) um why why do you feel you didn't think oh I I need the salt yeah I have no idea from the moment I realized that's what it was it was one of those I feel really stupid right now light bulb moments yeah Mm. and it it completely transformed my performance so what were your signs can you remember yeah it's it's like you hit when you hit the wall you know you hit the wall and so you Mm. kind of lose your sense of humor you are irritable and um the worst fatigue you've ever felt in your life Mm. And it's, it's, it's hard to explain because I think hitting the wall will pro- likely feel a little bit different for most people. But yeah, if you hit the wall, it's real. It's a real strange fatigue, like putting one foot in front of the other is hard. Having a thought is hard. Mm. So, like simple things are really, really difficult at that moment. And you're a little bit peeved off because you think, oh, this is my fault. I've done something wrong. And I was doing yeah. great up to this point. Um, so there's kind of a little bit of everything that happens in that moment. 
it's great when you realize what it is and you, it's great when you then find the magic formula that works for you and unfortunately in even with professional athletes sometimes it's a little bit of suck it and see sometimes we have to yeah, yeah of course to get things quite right um but it can change as well can't it like I would say if you were an athlete in your 20s that's very different to being an athlete in your 40s yes and and your nutrition should again complement where you are in life now as opposed to where you were Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I think that we underplay the importance of certain minerals as well in in our muscle oh it's just yeah so yeah I've been thinking about it a lot recently with with the minerals because I think there's so much focus on those macros yes that you forget the importance of the minerals and how they play a role in assisting the macros to do their job yes for your body to have that optimal health because I think there's just that in the same way that the carbohydrates are like oh carbs they make you fat it's like oh god more veg yeah do I really have to eat that (laughs) it's not it's just not veg isn't sexy is it (laughs) it's not if you boil it to death and it's soggy no no (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's just not even enjoyable then but it doesn't have to be like that people um but yeah I mean it's so important I often say and um my husband thinks this is hilarious um, I often say, like, if you think of your cells in your body as a little army of people doing different jobs and mm. they all need different vitamins and minerals. Have I told you this before? They all need different <laughs> vitamins and minerals to do their job. And if they haven't got one tool to do that job, they're going to have to beg, borrow and steal it from somewhere else. Almost a little yeah. bit like I always feel like a little, ma- like little man or woman's voice shouting, Fred, Fred, have you got any calcium? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm gonna win it. So, yeah, here's some calcium. Can I can I borrow can I borrow your um your manga? It is like <laughs> I listened um I listened to a podcast recently where he was literally talking about like the ways that the body is needing these mic micronutrients I can't say the word now the, the <laughs> micronutrients and what they do and I know actually today you've done a post haven't you on zinc yeah um and the importance of that and I think when we say micronutrients I think it's often hard for people to understand what micronutrients are yeah and and their role in the body so I'm going to ask you, seeing as you did that post today. Vitamins, minerals, and micronutrients. So all of your main vitamins, A, B, C, D, E, K, um, and then your minerals. Just <laughs> Sorry, oh. I just had visions of you like doing the alphabet. <laughs> A, B, C, D. A, B, C, D. <laughs> um, yeah. And then you've got your minerals, which, you know, all the common ones that you will have heard of like zinc and calcium and iron and manganese and magnesium copper selenium we could go on couldn't we there's loads (laughs) but they all have a really Um, they, they have a really important role and so like we know and most people know what an enzyme is 
in the yeah. in the body and they all have roles of converting think other things into into other things that do different jobs in the body and stuff like that and so if you need a certain mineral to create an enzyme or a coenzyme and it's not there the body's going to get really really tired really quick yeah yeah I think the easiest way to like think of it is often in winter Mm. specifically the first thing that everyone tells you to do is get more vitamin d um because the sun isn't there and it it doesn't um (laughs) why is coming out with us today the 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 sun's just not there so it's not going to help you um to do to do anything um and that's that's what we mean in the body (laughs) (laughs) i think we should we we should just go to the pub it's not working (laughs) we Um, should never do another podcast on friday (laughs) afternoon (laughs) not after before we go we will just say how ridiculous our weeks have been looking um yeah so that's basically what we're saying is that it, it we would if you look at a deficiency in that way mm. then when you are training you've got to realize that your body will draw upon these things a little bit more Absolutely. to help the energy and yeah. so we have to think of it if we are replacing the micros we need the no if we're replacing the macros we need to replace the micros as well yeah in order to help everything work together like yeah. a team yeah. teamwork is dream work yeah exactly yeah and and just because people might not consider it you know like iron for example which is incredibly important in female health um incredibly and most of us are low anyway yeah i think it's like a third a third of us are low in iron anyway particularly if you have heavy periods or anything like that yeah and i've done a post on iron as well because of this um if you think about the increased um in red blood cells and blood vessels, the use of blood vessels when you are doing endurance sport, it makes sense how important that's going to be. Mm. How, how important iron is going to be. And therefore, the, the people who need the most iron are in female endurance athletes. Mm. So if mm. you are then restricting your intake of food for an aesthetic, that's another yep. micronutrient that yeah you're going to be lacking and you and another thing that's going to impact your performance because you're going to feel very tired very quickly yes yeah so it's really yeah. important i think the take home message is that you know obviously if you are training for something please look for help to get someone mm-hmm. to help you write a plan that will help you to achieve your goal and by the way you can change your diet and lose fat without being in a calorie deficit because you can recomposition your body alongside training so at the end of it you can potentially I've had a client recently who's lost a dress size she hasn't lost any weight on the scales but she's trained for a marathon she's lost a dress size she looks fantastic she feels stronger than ever and now that's over. Now we can look at weight loss. Yeah. And I think that that's really important though, isn't it? Because I, like I am personally a massive fan of being at maintenance and changing composition. Um, and it's not necessarily the right way to go for 
in endurance sports but certainly in in my field I weight train more so it is something that I do encourage a lot but um it's really underestimated because I think it goes back to that societal view that in order to lose weight you have to eat less which again we need to change the narrative on you're not trying to lose weight you're trying to lose fat Mm. and build muscle and fat isn't a bad word like we all have fat we all need fat for Mm. something but if you are unhappy with a certain excess or what you feel is an excess of fat on you there's nothing wrong in changing it it's just that scale doesn't mean anything Mm. so um a couple of easy ways easy tips to help yourself obviously Cairo you've just said get yourself some help yeah um with it but I think really simple things are making sure that you're hydrating properly because obviously that's something that's overlooked because again it just adds to you um we've already said eat enough carbs Mm -hmm. um and make sure that you're replenishing them um i would say personally to spread out that protein rather than eating a big bulk of it at any one time um which is often helpful in all kind of training styles as opposed to just endurance is there anything that you is like not a quick easy fix because I I feel like that's like the bad word but something that you can do for yourself instantly before you were able to get that help that would be beneficial to making sure that you're not under fueling I'd say go for a minimum of 30 grams of carbohydrate before heading out on any long training session and and planning your hydration along the way I think yeah which seems really basic but sometimes it's like simple for the win Mm. though isn't it so and what we've learned from today is (laughs) (laughs) so it's obviously this is the verbal definition of It's been such a long week for both Kyra and I. This, I. I think from my point of view, this is the first full week at school. Mm-hmm. So we've had full school runs, which I was not doing last year because he was able to walk to school and now obviously he's not. Mm. So that involves getting up an hour earlier which for me is not a problem because I am one of those weird 5amers and it's not intentional my body just doesn't like to sleep past that I have tried um but getting a tween up at that time is not helpful Mm. um and then just school clubs I've had a lot of work this week a lot of long 10 hour plus days possibly not as productive as I've needed them to be for all of them and um, I'll be honest, I have not meal prepped this week long enough. So I, I managed to get it to Wednesday. By Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was so hungry. I just <laughs> ate so quickly that I've, I've let, run out of food. So the last few days, I've been living off shock horror, cheese and onion pastries and Whoa. chocolate. <laughs> shock, I know. that's it shark horror that's it that's it terrible 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 is going to be after you for saying that on the nutrition podcast i know but i have (laughs) drunk lots of water (laughs) 
And Kyra, you've been back at uni, haven't you? So full yeah. help with that. Yeah, it's been long. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've done lots of coaching this week as well. A lot. Um, a lot? A lot of coaching <laughs> this week. Um, yeah, I've tested myself to the limits this week and I'm not proud of it. We shouldn't be working to this extreme. It's just temporary and um, normal service will resume shortly. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so we did have a little bit of a struggle fitting the recording of this podcast in because I forgot that my child had swimming at the time that we had arranged to do it. Mm-hmm. So it is late on a Friday. Yeah, we're cramming it in before I head we're out cramming to watch it in my child before, play rugby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Work-life balance for you. So yes. um, we do understand how busy you all are and what you do. So thank you for joining us for another podcast. Yeah. And we hope that you have enjoyed And yourselves. we'll come back and re-record this one day and know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, next week, we are... How, are you, how impressed are you that I actually know this? I'm we are talking about type 2 diabetes, which yes. I cannot wait for. And I know that you get really excited for this yes. one as well. So I'm going to be excited for that. Yeah, every week we're like, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> really love this topic. But <laughs> next week is hands down both hands of our favourite topics. Yeah. Okay. I... I'm I'm gonna need to bite my tongue a lot, I think. What next week? Yeah, don't do, just don't like... do that, Jen. That's what we love about you. We, we begin to each other's just... yang. <laughs> <laughs> it just gets me, just gets me. Yeah, right. Um, so we will say thank you for listening and we look forward to speaking again next week and yeah. hope you have enjoyed it. Like, subscribe, leave us a review and share with your friends. Thank you. Bye. Bye.